Wow, we made it. Here we go. Is it is that both of you? That's me. That's right. Ryan. I'm seeing Ryan. I'm seeing Greg. We're good to go. How about that? How about wow, that? so easy. So easy. Beauty of technology, man. Let me tell you. An incredible thing. What yeah. a time to be alive. Yeah. Sorry, about... I'm like continuously <laughs> seven minutes late to like every one of our podcasts too. So <laughs> my bad. It's okay. I, I I can't pronounce anything. So. This, this is true. This is going to be great. We got a lot of Europeans on this team, so. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not like I'm a huge Knicks guy. I'm like super casual. Yeah, no, that's fine. We're <laughs> gonna. I I honestly, all right. We'll get into this in a second. We'll get into the casual fandoms. Okay, uh, so quick quick question: Is this your entire podcast? Or are you doing the beginning first and then like bringing us on, or? Well, we don't. Re- I don't think we really have a ton to talk about today, so we'll probably. Already, just, we, we, what? And I was gonna say we already started, baby. This is the cold open. Yeah, this, this is the podcast. Welcome. Oh, we're, we're recording right now. Hell yeah. yeah, this is it. How much stays is completely and arbitrarily <laughs> up to me. But wow, you uh, guys are terrible at introducing people. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. No, 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 no. Listen, here's how we do it. We do this. Okay. And then yeah. we do our th- we at some arbitrary point we put in theme music, and then we get the introductions, and then we'll wow we'll get you guys yeah. in there. We'll get the names. We'll get the plugs. We're professionals, wow, all right? Yeah, I, so are we. It's great news. <laughs> yeah, yes, clearly professional here. Very clearly professional here. Ryan's um, favorite thing to do is to go on other people's podcasts and just flame them. I flame other people. It's the best. I'm sorry. Good. No, let's um, do it. I just, you know, when I bring people on, I like to mispronounce their name, tell them their name wrong and what they do wrong, and then we get into it. But uh, And I also like to record early so Greg says something inappropriate and I keep it in. Yeah, that's kind of what we go for. Perfect. We've done our job. That's our cold open for the day. Great. You just go ahead and and lead and guide us like like children. Well, great. Well, in that case, welcome everybody to the TKW podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo today. You know him, you love him. I got Kyle Maggio with me. What's going on, guys? And as a super special edition of the pod, we are bringing on uh, some hosts of one of my favorite podcasts, um, guys from Blue Shirt Breakaway. Uh, we got Gregory Kaplan. We got Ryan Mead. How you guys doing today? No, after you, Greg. Oh, well, I got the full first <laughs> name, so I'm I know. feeling... I'm feeling pretty dandy, let me tell you. I, you know, a- I can't keep track anymore of whether or not Ryan's gonna do fir- full first name or you know just do Greg Kaplan or just Greg or something on you guys' pod. So uh, it's kind of like go with the feel. I like to feel it out in the moment. Like right now, it's a Sunday. I got no pants on. I'm, I got football on for good. some reason, even though I hate it. Good. And I'm I'm ready to roll. Full name. Good. Okay. Mall in. Mall in. Mall in. Mall. All right. Well, um, just to subject you guys for a little bit here, I think we should start off with uh, let's start off with some Knicks because I'm very excited. I was at the game last night. Uh, I think that's how we have to start this off is you detailing getting popcorn thrown at you from Benny the Bull. Oh, yeah, yeah. Benny the Bull threw popcorn at me last night. Um, Did you never trusted that guy? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. No, that guy's a shady, shady character. Um, No, I I was at I was just uh, enjoying the game. Uh, head to toe in Nick's gear. 
there's only like there was like seven of us in the arena but like every time i knew exactly where we all worked and every time something good happened like we'd all stand up um like the seven of you yeah all seven of us scattered across united center um, cool. but there's another guy in my section so he was taking a lot of the heat off of me uh but benny the bull was not having it like there was some coked out bulls fan who was kind of giving him grief the whole time um but uh but as far as me like you know i was just in there enjoying myself wearing a pair of ewings got the next jersey on didn't wear any tkw merch because all mine was dirty and my new shit hasn't gotten in yet so you sound like a lot like greg i'm sorry a lot like greg with bush of breakaway merch i'm sorry guys mm. uh you know they I'll, say I'll, uh ex- excuses are like buttholes everybody yeah. has them and they all stink it i'll have a whole new look for the meetup don't you worry uh oh, what's the rule with cursing on this podcast i need to know that immediately uh let him fucking that? fly Oh, let him fly. Okay, good news. Yeah. That was, so, that was close. No, Benny. The man doesn't own us. Oh, let me also uh, drop a line here. It was Game of Thrones night last night at United Center. How uh, does that work? How does that work? Um, I, well, I when I walked in, I'm like, I'm noticing I'm walking around. There's a lot of like people dressed up in, cause I don't really watch Game of Thrones. So just people dressing in old stuff, whatever. And uh, I was like, what nerds, the fuck right? is going on tonight? Yeah, but like I grew up, I'm a big nerd too. I've been to Comic-Con. I I'm literally about to play Wars. D&D after this podcast yeah. is over. So. I, I, I got no discrimination here. Yeah, but they were fucking nerds. Um, and yeah, I just sat down. They did the intros. It was like Larry of House Markkinen and uh, you know, Coach Hoiberg of the Bulls. What I really didn't like is uh denzel what's it what's the guy from michigan state's name valentine valentine yeah yeah he uh he was the only guy in their starting lineup who had a michigan state flag behind him like a house uh you know denzel of house valentine that his logo was a michigan state helmet and everybody else was just like random ass like lions and shit and <laughs> i, I don't he probably know. requested it yeah i don't know he i'm sure he did but there's just something about living in chicago and seeing so many michigan state people uh the fandom gets to me sometimes. But anyway, is, Benny, Chicago, is Chicago a big Michigan State town? I thought it was a big Notre Dame town. No, it, it's, a, it's a big Michigan State fan. It's a big Notre Dame town, too, but it's a, it's a big Michigan State town for sure. My roommate went hmm. there. I, I've had two roommates since I moved here who have both went to Michigan State. So, And we're roommates <laughs> at Michigan State. So, uh, wow. But anyway, yeah, but Benny the Bull just wasn't happy with me. He didn't like my Ewings. He didn't like my jersey, and he threw popcorn at me. And I was staring him down the whole time. And then uh, later on in the game, I moved up a couple of rows. Uh, the game got close again. The Bulls were kind of blowing us out for a while. And yeah, and then it was just the crowd versus me. It was just the entire section. It was me you know, yelling at them, them yelling back at me. I was up on my feet. I thought that Porzingis was going to hit the game winner at the end. And you know, what do you do? What do you do in that situation? He misses. I just... Dropped down to my knees, like hid, and the whole crowd was just yelling at me. I had Bulls fans like pat me on the back and give me their sympathies. I was getting heckled the whole night. I'm like waiting for my girlfriend outside of the bathroom as we're heading out. Wow, nice, nice brag, by the way. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but these this group of listen. I heard you on your fucking pod talking about your experience at the United Center. So don't give me shit. Yeah, it was pretty shitty. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to host your podcast for you. But what's more embarrassing, losing to the Bulls? Or getting popcorn thrown at you. Well, here's the most embarrassing part of the night, actually. Um, I, I would say losing to the Bulls first, but it's when the like this group of uh, of women came towards me, these Bulls fans, and they stopped right in front of me, and the, the woman who was in the head of them goes, good job, and then walks wow. away with all of them wow. laughing behind her. 
Wow. You got flamed. How about <laughs> I that? I flamed all night. I just, and then I had, to, I had to walk like four blocks to get into my lift from the United Center, and there were people yelling at me the whole time there. Like, I, last time I was at the United Center for a Bulls game, for a Knicks Bulls game, mind you, uh, it was very boring. It was quiet. It was, uh, you know, I kind of just went there. I like yelled a little bit. No one was chirping back. Uh, I, you know, I got some expensive food and I left, but I don't know. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by my United Center experience last night. As much as I was getting heckled, it was, it was kind of a blast. Uh, and the thing that, the thing that really sucks about that is it's a shitty time to be a New York sports fan in Chicago, because what's even your backup? You can't even be like, well, I have the Yankees cause the Cubs just won a world series. Can't be like, well, I have the Rangers cause the Blackhawks have won every other Stanley cup since 1974. I just turn you got nothing it, to come back from. I just turn it around. I'm just like I go to like White Sox games and shit. <laughs> I just I just depressingly go to White Sox games alone. I know I went to a White Sox game in like September and it was I swear to God it was a blast. It was it didn't have any of the because I live right outside of Wrigleyville too and it had none of that Cubs pretension around it. It was just did you, people watching baseball in 95 degree weather. Did you ever recover from that four dollars you spent to go to the game? Um, I was free tickets actually. Oh my god, never mind. I was four rows like back from the third baseline. And yeah, that makes it was just it was literally directly in the sun the entire time and it was like the hottest day in September. Um straight ninety degrees just like beaming down on me the whole time. But it was it was still better than any Cubs game I've been to in the last couple of uh and, last couple and months. When I would when I went to Chicago, it was like three years ago, mm-hmm. and it was when they were still doing uh, mm-hmm. renovations at Wrigley. Mm-hmm. And Wrigley was a fucking blast, right? We were there five days. Right. And then the last day, I had to leave at like, it was like six or seven o'clock was my flight home. And the cut, and the uh, the White Sox played at 12. So I was like, oh, let's just check out um, the, t- the ticket prices. We can, you know, stop there, go there, and then head back for the flight. So I go and I check the ticket prices and it was $7 to get in, which is unheard of in this area. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy the cheapest ticket. It is what it is. This wasn't even on the list, but okay. That was the most empty, depressing game that I've ever been to. It was opening weekend, mind you. Like I went to Wrigley (laughs) opening weekend. They played the, it was Cardinals Cubs. It was fucking lit. And then I go to, it was a twins White Sox opening weekend and just no one, was there it was empty it was it was just awful you're telling me joe mauer doesn't put asses in seats in chicago <laughs> surprising right unbelievable you, i for one was shocked well all right before we get too far off of the united center thing i want to ask uh i want to ask ryan about his united center experience i know i that, would love to tell you i know you were just here recently on work from what i hear i didn't get a i didn't get hit up to hang out um, i definitely got hit up yeah, so I've heard. So uh, let's hear uh, it. It was uh, the United Center is much different than MSG. In uh, it, the United Center feels like it has prestige. So MSG is like a show. It's like an entertainment. You can feel the, you can actually feel the championships in the United Center. Like the you you go up, you look at the banners, you're like, wow, that's a lot of fucking banners, and they don't even have room for a lot of them. So when you're in there, you're like, okay, this is cool. I will Did say you catch I wasn't the like, display case of like all five, all, all six yeah. uh, Chicago Bulls uh, trophies. Yeah, and I and I went to the Michael Jordan statue and sat I walked there, in right like, by that too. I just happened to be next to it. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, it it has that aura about it. Like MSG, the building has an aura, but it has no like prestige. It probably has prestige, but like the teams don't have the prestige. The right, the Rangers won in '94. The Knicks, like, come on, it has been like 50 years. 
That's not even an exaggeration, right? And uh, 40-ish? 40, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay, so 40-ish. Yeah, I was close. And in in the United Center, like, there's really no bad seats, I noticed. I was pretty high up, and the seats were pretty good still. They redid the place. There's a lot of good food in there. It's nothing compared to MSG, but it's just as pricey. And this overall, like, if you're, there, I, if you're I, there, like, you should go, but... The food uh, is pretty good. It is very pricey. Um, but, yeah, it's nothing like, M like the MSG renovation. Like, as much as I'm not usually a huge fan of, like, the big arena renovations, because I think you got to hold on to that mystique. It's the same reason I don't like going to Wrigleyville, honestly. It's because it's just, it's so huge now, and everything is so built out in the last, like, three years. But, um, but yeah, like, United Center is pretty, it's pretty nice, like, as far as the food is concerned. But MSG, yeah, it's just got this, it's got that fucking, uh, just feels a little different. I don't really know what it is. And I've never been to United Center for a hockey game um so i don't know if it's, it's even different for me but yeah it's fucking lit by the way like the national anthem was insane in the in, in the united center i couldn't believe how crazy the people went i was pretty surprised so good good for chicago they have a lot to root for with the with the hawks they've had a renaissance they've had a dynasty um the rangers have been very good for years now but nothing like the blackhawks well i feel like the biggest difference between the united center and msg is that and I have never been there in the playoffs, so I can't accurately speak to this. But uh, when I went to the United Center, it was a Bulls versus Sixers game. But this is mid-process Sixers, so yep. they were just they were just fucking ravaged. There was no one on that team. It was just ten-day contracts, and uh, it, it was a good she game. Whatever. Was, running point. Oh God, I think I, I don't even think hey, the you, guy who was running. McConnell's a god. All right. <laughs> yeah, let's back off, buddy. Let's back off. But uh. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed very tame. Like, everybody, you know, it was a good game, good energy. But it seemed very tame for basketball. And then the best way I compare it to is when I went to the Garden for a playoff game versus the Celtics when the, I think it was Melo's first year with the team. The year Amari and, broke uh, his fucking back, dunking and warm-ups. Yeah, yeah. And I went to game three, and this is the game right after Melo had that, like, just, like, that monster game in Boston. And, um... Before the game started, I always get there like an hour early, and I saw a Knicks fan and a Celtics fan getting a full-blown fight because the Knicks fan, uh, totally unprovoked, was just in his seat, turned around, shoved the Celtics fan, who kept trying to walk. The Knicks fan chased after him and spit on him and then got thrown out. This all happened an hour before the game. <laughs> I feel like that's probably the difference. There, there's, a ra there's a rabid MSG energy that I don't think exists in tons of other arenas. No, it's called being from New York. Yeah, I, I very much think that's a New York thing. I don't think that's just an MSG thing. Like, I think about any time a New York sports team is in the playoffs, the building is just on a different level. The Like, the Yankees or the Mets, that one time the Mets were in the playoffs, they'd go on the road and it would just be <laughs> nothing but noise um, at home. Like, there, in 2015, there was a legitimate chance Chase Utley was going to get murdered. If Chase Utley did that <clears throat> to a different fan base, I think – They'd boo him, but they wouldn't be necessarily on death row. That's a good point. That's a good point. And there you go. There, see, now I'm, I'm true to every podcast. Come on. I have to bring up the Mets within the first 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's my stick. That's my guy. That's Yeah, that's that's fine. We, we've been all over the place. We've covered how many baseball teams so far? We haven't even talked about the Rangers yet. You don't need to talk about the Rangers. They're fine. Well, They're fine. They're doing a great job. Here's what we need to do, though, because I need... I think I need to get caught up a little bit, too, because I have been with the Knicks kind of being a little bit unpredictable to begin the season. My my attention has just been completely and utterly uh, taken up by basketball. So 
I need you two to kind of catch me up on what's going on with my dear Rangers because I'm I'm a pretty big Rangers fan. Like I love that team so much. I've been to a ton of games, and I just I feel like I've let them down entirely this season. Yeah, and Anthony's the legit Rangers fan. I am the most diehard playoffs Rangers fan in the world. That's good. It's a fun time. You're ready it's... to be sad. Like you're preparing yourself to be miserable. That's nice. Every time I know I'm going to get two, maybe three good. Hard-fought rounds that ultimately ends in nothing. So I don't get involved emotionally throughout the course of the regular season, wait for the playoffs, get it all out in a couple of rounds. Letdown happens. I'm not crushed. A little sad. Wait for, uh, you know, wait for this again to happen the following year. So I think I could easily catch you up, and then Greg can give you the deets of how much he hates AV because of these things. But yes, pretty, much what happened, pretty much what happened is... Uh, the Rangers started off with a 2-7-3 and three start. They were miserable. Nothing was working. AV was one game from being fired. We were so close. And then all of a sudden, since October 29th, they're the best team in the league, had the best point differential, and they're still two points out of the playoffs. That's where we're at. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal how good our division is, where we are literally the best team right now, and we're still not in the playoff. We're the playoff hunt, but we're not in the playoff picture. So that's a... That's a really long time to have the best point, like to be the best team for like well over a month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and still be out of it. That seems just really. It's like the Miami it Heat sounds, last year. Yeah, it's, it sounds impossible. The Metro but, is the West from two years ago. I think that's correct. Am I, am I correct in saying that? The West was insane two years ago, right? Am I wrong? The West in hockey? No, the West Bas- in basketball. Yeah. basketball. Yeah, yeah, this is the yeah, basketball yeah. podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> it can be sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. 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 <laughs> uh, so I, it's, it's kind of like when the Clippers and the Spurs and all those other teams were really good, right, right. along with the Warriors, uh, before the Warriors were Death Star uh, Destroyer. Then all of a sudden, now the Metro is just packed with teams that have a ton of talent that aren't going to go away, and teams that weren't supposed to be here this early. So here we are. Yeah, the Devils are going to go away, though. That's the thing. Nobody really wants to say it, but the Devils got off to a red-hot start, and they're going to fall off, and the Rangers are going to get one of those two wild-card spots because that's the way hockey works. Um, Ryan mentioned we were so close to getting rid of AV. Uh, I don't think anything's changed with AV. I still think he's the fucking worst, and I would love it if he was fired six weeks ago. It would have made my life. It really would have. He just does. He does dumb things all the time. The fact that... Henrik Lundqvist just played a back-to-back where on Friday the Rangers were in Washington and yesterday they were back home in New York against the Devils and he's played 25 of 29 games to start this year. You're not supposed to abuse a 35-year-old goalie that is basically your entire chance of making a deep playoff run like this in December. It's not supposed to happen. And yet AV, he he does it all the time. This is what he does. What's going on with Pavlik right now? Is he... uh... Piece of garbage. Okay, that guy thank sucks. You. I hate him. So, so what? Yeah. Is- Ryan Ryan hates him, but Pavlik is also the same guy that just had a forty save performance against the two time defending Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, he might not. I, be saw, I saw that against uh, I saw that against Pittsburgh, and I was just kind of blown away by it. I don't I don't know what what's behind him. How how are we looking with goalie depth at this point? Oh, there is nothing behind oh, Pavlik. Like, not- it, it, if if Hank gets hurt, the Rangers are so fucked that I I don't even have words to describe it. Which me makes getting Hank days off even more important because if you're going to run Hank into the ground, you better have a good plan for the time he does get hurt. Cause it will happen. And the Rangers do not have that plan. They do not have the bodies to sustain a Henrik Lundqvist injury. So the fact that you're playing a 35 year old goalie on a back-to-back where one game's on the road and you have to travel back home the next day doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. And 
Yeah, Pavlik isn't the greatest goalie in the world, but if he was, he wouldn't be a backup. You have to get him 20 games, and you have to find the 20 games somewhere on your schedule. And AV doesn't want to do that for whatever reason. And he's going to – he's making his own bed is basically what it all comes down to. Okay. So I make sure I hit all the points here, get all of your rage out entirely. Uh, I got to save some of it for tomorrow. Okay. We got no, our that's own fair. We've, that's why I'm We've just – We've literally I'm, podcasted four days in a row right now. Ooh, so you guys we're are just running. All right, well, run it with it. Then let's let's run on pure energy here. Just give give the folks at home a quick hit on center depth for me. Where we stand with that, Greg, you Ooh. or me, Brady? Uh, I I got this one. Um, it's not great, but it's not as bad as everyone thought it was going to be when we traded Stepan. Um, Zabinajad's still out with a concussion. They're saying he's getting better, but a concussion is a concussion. It's not exactly a timetable for that stuff. Um, Kevin Hayes has been great. Boudin Nieves has been a revelation since the Rangers recalled him. But uh, if, if Zibanejad isn't 100% and the Rangers, again, sustain another injury to their center position, it, it gets ugly super fast. It's really that simple. It's almost like, uh, I don't know, who, if, if Frank gets hurt for the Knicks, then you have to deal with Jared Jack playing 40 minutes a night. That's kind of what happens next for the, Knicks, uh, the Rangers. I just threw up. Yeah, really. We're gonna see a lot of a lot of remote sessions, uh, if that were to be the case. Fucking Frankie, man! Like I was sitting there last night, and, you know, I was I was I was pretty close to the court, and I got to see Frank Nealakina's like arms up close and in person, and they're fucking scary. Was it like when you watch a 3D movie and some and the whatever person or monster is in the movie and it reaches out? towards the yeah. screen and it comes out it's kinda, directly into your face every time he was at the top of the key and like was just kind of like dribbling low and doing like that kind of like reaping like dribble he does that was that was kind of what i was thinking uh 3d movie he had a good game last night didn't he yeah it wasn't i bad. didn't get I th- to watch it but... i think he threw like uh i think he had like seven assists in it uh he he looked he didn't really look all that solid defensively he was down low a little bit and that was that was pretty good um, he just he, said that, he, uh, that Pablo steal into the overhead. Yeah, uh, no look pass. Yeah, he pulled off. He pulled off something like that. Uh, he 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 ended up on marketing a couple of times. And I thought he looked good there, which kind of like makes my theory that he's gonna be he's gonna be a pretty good defender no matter where he is on the court, whether he's like gets caught in the post for a few minutes or he's uh, or he's you know defending the perimeter. Like he's gonna be solid. Um, and other than that, I mean, like Porzingis struggled for a while. And again, he's got to get out of his own damn head uh, because he he just like I see it when it when it happens. Like the reason he starts off going three for 13 is because he misses a shot and then thinks he has to go out and make the next one. And yeah, yeah it's well, just, isn't he also sort of playing a little bit injured. He's playing a little tender more than he was playing reckless at the beginning he, of the season. Yeah, because the start of the year, he was like, obviously, well rested, fine. And then uh, he had a little bit of an elbow injury, which has been ongoing. But it's not. I mean, it's 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 like having like a, a twisted ankle that you just keep playing through. Like nothing mild or uh, no, nothing wild. I mean, you know, just something that just hampered him a little bit. But he's able to play. You know, he had some good games after coming back from resting that basically. And then like what three games, four games later, he almost snaps his ankle in half. And thank God everything was negative, and he was able to get back out. But you know, it, it's like a little mishmash of a couple of small lingering not too severe injuries that he's trying to get through right now i mean okay. that's what i would i have a few next questions for you guys if you don't mind yeah let's let's go through them all right so 
this team has obviously it's one star Chris Esporzingas. Frankie's going to develop, which is great. Uh, I'm not sure he'll ever be a two or a three. He might be a third, a third or a third guy, but you want to get your second guy on this team. This is the last year of sort of rigging the lottery, quote unquote, before the new lottery rules come in. Do you guys really want to have a crazy winning season, or wouldn't you ha- rather have this high draft pick for next year? Or you're sort of in win now. No, we're not in win now, but it, this is this is kind of where I get stuck on things sometimes, and. Um, it's not that I don't want a good draft pick. Obviously, the the dream is that I think in this draft there's like four guys. It's very top heavy. There's like four really stud guys, and then um, after that it kind of falls off a cliff. And you know that's sort of the trouble uh, of where, for example, we ended up last year, where we got stuck in that in between kind of pick area, and we ended up with the eighth pick because we we lost out on the seventh pick because of that uh, tiebreaker with Minnesota. So. To be fair, you had the chance to take Malik Monk. Like, uh, yeah. it was there. Yeah, no, I, I'm not even uh, mad about Malik Monk as much as I was mad about... Dennis Smith Jr., my friend. No, you know who get No, you know, it, it's it's the hindsight thing. and it, In the moment, I was always like, eh. Before, well, before I, I, you I, say the name, the guy I always wanted, and I'm the biggest mark for him in the world, was Donovan Mitchell. I'm just well, throwing yeah. that name out there. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's what I mean is, in the moment, I remember uh, I had to take a quick little leave from uh, the site at the time. And I remember, I think I texted Trey texted me and he's like, Hey, they're going to take Frank or they took Frank. And I was watching the draft too. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, as long as they picked a, a guard, I, I wasn't going to hate it. I think my preferences were um, for like a, a straight up point guard. I would have preferred Dennis with junior seeing what Frank was. I was like, I don't mind that pick. It's it, the point was they just couldn't not draft a point guard. Had it been anyone else, I would have flipped the fucking table, but if they took a point guard, I was going to find a way to rationalize it. So they took Frank, and I was like, all right, you know, obviously Dennis Smith Jr. seems way more exciting. Seems like that's a guy you'd want to put with KP, but all right, I can live with Frank. And then I, I also, for the for the not guard guys, I did really want Mitchell, not that they aren't guards, but not like pure point guards, quote unquote. I didn't want Mitchell as much as I wanted those two, and I didn't want Monk as much as I wanted those two, but they were like my 2A and 2Bs. And now hindsight's twenty twenty because fucking Donovan Mitchell looks like the second coming of yeah, I don't even, a, I don't even know he looks amazing. Monster. But same, yeah. same thing happened with uh, everything. It happened with Dennis Smith too, like in, in some I mean, you know a summer league and everything. But he looked like a monster then. He's kind of started slowing up it's a, a little bit. It's a different. It's a different it, game that it, Donovan Mitchell's playing yeah, right now. It is for sure, and I think that Donovan Mitchell. I don't want to. I'm still happy with the Frank pick. So I'm still I'm still like pretty ecstatic with it. I still think he's going to be great. So I'm not trying to find any kind of ways to like rationalize it. Donovan Mitchell, I think, would have been my number two in the moment. And he still is now. I was never really super high on Malik Monk. I don't really. I did. I don't know what it was. I, I just I like I would have wanted Mitchell over him for sure. But nah, really, I, in that moment, I was just happy that it wasn't marketing. What made me fall in love with basketball and I was eight years old, and I was watching Alan Houston just fucking chuck it on TV every day. And I will always have an affinity for shooting guards on the Knicks. And then I saw Monk, and I was like, I, re- I talked myself into it. I'm like, that could be it. That could be the guy that I I would enjoy rooting for. You know, we haven't really had, like, a straight-up shooting. I mean, J.R. Smith was probably the best one we've had in yep. yeah. a, a long time. I mean, and he did. I mean, you know, sure, he's frustrating, but he had a really good run with us. Yeah. So... Um, you know, while he was fun to root for, I was like, man, like I could really wrap my head around rooting for Malik Monk. It's a fun name. I like just liked his style. I thought, you know, he could have really set the the garden would have loved him. The garden. We love guards. We love guards. We love shooting guards. I thought it would have been a, a good match. But 
you know, it is what it is. But, I do um, know basketball is because I do follow the league pretty heavily. Most of the podcasts I listen to are NBA based. I'm like all about it. And I just when you're when you're building a team for a championship, you want to take the risk for the high upside guy. And it always felt like me like Frank like was a good defender. Of course, he's really young. He was playing with adults, but it didn't seem like he had that top two guy can carry a team with Porzingis upside in a draft where it seemed pretty deep. I think, yeah, he, I think I think he can have that upside. I, I like I, I I understand like it hasn't quite shown yet, and I don't know if he'll ever like he's never going to be a number one status, but I think he could absolutely be a really good number two or number three on a team. Well, the way the reason that that's sort of it's a perplexing thing because for example, like you look at Dennis Smith Jr. and he's also young, he's a freak athlete, and it jumps out at you like wow, if he's this athletic now, like look what he could become. And then you look at Frank, and it, nothing he really did in film like leapt off to you. It was mostly like you get sold on. Well, look at the physical tools. Like look at the wingspan. Look at he's only nineteen. Like he's still growing. You know, he's he's got a big frame. I think he's like six four, six five. Like he's a big big mm-hmm. guy. And you're just like, well, for example, if that pans out the way it it could pan out, and then you look at the extreme outlier example of Giannis in uh, Milwaukee. And you're like, well, I mean, that could be something spectacular if he becomes like half of that. So I don't want to get like carried away and say he's going to be like point guard Giannis. But I think that's sort of when I say that there's not as much upside. It was like, I guess, not the immediate uh, dream upside that you see in the other point guards. This is like really like almost far fetched upside. Like he's just got, you know, if everything breaks right, like if he keeps developing like he's developing, if. He uses his wingspan effectively. If he uses his size effect, like all these things have to break right for like that to to really take off. And I think that's what people are sort of getting excited about. But again, it doesn't it doesn't really present itself as much as we would like in the early going. He's just been like okay so far. He's been good. He hasn't been terrible, but I just thought the Knicks, even I mean, all the mellow drama and stuff aside we're going to be two years away. And I, I always felt it was weird. The Knicks were prioritizing getting a point guard specifically in the most recent draft, just because I, I was just of the opinion, best guy available is who the Knicks need to get. Cause they got too many holes to really be trying to draft for need. And I know it, it kind of worked out anyway, because when you look at it, the four guys on the board were either going to be point guards or shooting guards. So the Knicks were going to address the need at guard, but everything about Mitchell just screamed to me, higher upside. He was just, Every big game that Louisville played in, Mitchell was taking his game to the next level. And he was just a relentless defender at Louisville. He knew how to make the big shot when it mattered most. The offense run through him. It it just felt like he had the potential to blossom into a star in the right system. And I guess credit the Jazz because I don't know if there's a better system for someone like Donovan Mitchell to be playing in. If Donovan Mitchell was a Nick right now, he's probably not putting up the numbers he's putting up for Utah just because – it's, a, it's one, it's a different system, and two, it's a just completely different environment. The Jazz are just letting him develop, and Quinn Snyder might just be the perfect coach for him. Yeah, it's true. No, it's, different guys are just going to do well in like different places. You got, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, the whole thing, it gets overblown sometimes, the whole playing in New York thing. But some guys, like from their rookie year, just don't succeed well here. I know, like, there's been a lot of times where you have Knicks players or Rangers players who have to come onto a team later in their career and succeed well. Then and then we have a lot of rookies who have looked good for periods of time and then flamed out. Uh, it's shout happened. out Landry Fields. Shout out Landry Fields. Like it's happened with both teams. You can. Uh... He got paid. Right. 
that's the whole thing. Every you know, the kids, <laughs> kids get their money. But uh, I think I think Mitchell would have been fine though, because he was a Mitchell was a Fairfield County kid. He grew up right outside New York City. Oh, that's true. You know, no, but you know what I think Mitchell would have been fine is because he doesn't do like he does a lot of things well. It's not like, for example, like Dennis Smith Jr., great athlete, gets to the rim. You know, that's a guy you'd want in the pick and roll kind of thing. He could just attack, attack, attack. Mitchell seems to be like a guy who just kind of like fills in a, a lot of cracks because he's got he's got like a good size to him. He's kind of built like a grown man too. Like a lot of players aren't really able to come in and be as physically imposing as Mitchell's been, and he just kind of does. Everything from I've watched probably six or seven jazz games this year. And every time I've watched him and then, of course, you see the highlights and it's just like he, it's not just like one thing. Like he's not just hitting threes. He's not just getting to the rim. He's not just making some good passes like he's doing a lot of things really well and not just really well for a rookie, just like really well as an NBA player. And I think the sticking point is always like when we talk about rookies, it's always like, well, most rookies suck, but that's fine. They're 19, they're 20, they're going to develop. Like, you try to focus on the good things, understanding that they probably suck as a whole at the moment. And Mitchell's, like, not only not sucking, but he's being a really good just uh, NBA player in general right now. And that's why everybody's sort of taken aback. This whole rookie class is doing that. That's, you know, I mean, not that Ben Simmons is a rookie. He had a year in the league. Jason Tatum's doing that. Dennis Smith Jr. is, is playing okay. Uh, Frank has handled himself really well too. So I think this whole class is like just more prepared to be in the NBA than most classes before it. Except for that, uh, that Lonzo character in LA. <laughs> I don't, I try not to pay attention to the ball. Family. It's really tough not to. Um, I, but I try and stay away from that shit. I can't deal with it. I beat up how bad they are. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Is there going back to the Knicks a little bit, explain to me why Frank isn't playing 30 minutes a night. Like what is the developmental benefit of him? playing 20 to 25 minutes a night. I think keeping this confidence up. I think you have, I think you have a team that's, you know, they're 12 and 13 now after they lost last night, but they're hovering around 500. This kind of goes back to what Ryan was saying too, but I think it is important that the Knicks try to get in and steal a playoff spot this year, because we're saying that the draft is pretty top heavy and any player that the Knicks get, the Knicks get in this draft are like, I don't think it's going to be that big a difference whether they draft 7th or whether they draft 14th. Um, and I think that if they wanted to try to get in and get the 8th seed and make it to a playoff round, which they haven't done since 2013, that's going to be really helpful for Porzingis. I was saying this last year, and I was saying it on our pod uh, just the other day, that Porzingis needs a little bit of playoff experience for him to keep feeling hungry. Uh, you know, He's a little bit hot-headed. He might get a little bit frustrated. He might get a little bit bored if he's not... You know, if he's not feeling that level of success that he's trying to compete for. So I think at this point, like, you've got a couple of good players you're looking like you could build a core out with. Maybe you have to worry about free agency more than the draft after here. It's a couple of years away, but like we were talking about, summer of 2020 uh, is when a lot of money comes off the books with, like, the NOAA contract. And if you can keep on building what you have right now and turn that into maybe a first or second round, you know, playoff berth, then maybe around then you can get that that last player who wants to come and really make you a competitor. But it's a slow build, you know. But if they can take that one step this year, I think it'll be helpful. So you have Jared Jack playing incredibly right now for his standards. How long does that last? That's the whole thing. Once he, he's he's been good so far. We all thought it would be over by now. But he's gonna turn into Ash next week. Yeah, if he turns into Ash next week, then you give Frank thirty minutes. But right no, now, I, I while it's still working out, I, I think you can kind of you can kind of ease him in. 
I don't I don't necessarily hate what they're doing with the point guards because Frank generally gets all the important minutes and it's like they for the most part, obviously this isn't every game is the same, but for the most part, it seems like Cornisek's always just trying to start Jared Jack off. And then uh well, he's starting to jump to start Jared Jack off. Phrasing, you know phrasing, yeah, phrasing. phrasing was I I paused because it was necessary. It was required <laughs> yeah. and uh yeah, that was that was a wildly unfortunate turn of events. But he uh not for him. Let's ja- <laughs> he lets Jared Jack uh, play more in the beginning stages of the basketball game. And then he lets uh, Frank come in to close out the half, uh, close out the big minutes in the fourth. And not that I, I – I don't know why he doesn't play more minutes for Frank. I, I don't know why he doesn't just start him and let him close out the games anyway. But – is, to me, the, the important thing is just letting him play in the important minutes period, and it seems like he trusts him to do that. I don't know what his thing is about keeping it under 25 minutes or so or why he can't ever start, but as, as long as he's not just like playing the like, shitty minutes against second-unit guys the entire year, then I'm okay with it. I, I wish he would start, but, you know. This and is as, as my boy Big Billy, is it just too many big men? Is that why he's not getting minutes? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the thing is Cantor's Cantor shoots so roughly ninety nine percent around the rim. Like I don't know that I've seen Cantor miss anything, and if he does, those like three misses that he's had all season, he, he just rebounds it. it. It's incredible. So, and, and the other thing too was we we talked about you know, and it's Cantor coming to the Knicks was he wouldn't play defense well, but then through like twenty five games, he's actually been above average at defending, which should should regress at some point, but. Game by game, it just doesn't happen. So I think that kind of made Billy not playable, which kind of stinks because we all root for Billy. But Cantor's been so damn good to start the year, and that's just the game is the game kind of. You know, I, I, he just can't get in. O'Quinn played really well to start the year too. Um, I, I don't know. It, and now, no, I mean, no one doesn't really play either at this point. I don't know that he'll ever really play much this year. But yeah, it's just there's too many big men. He, Someone, hanged, on, he hanged on Phil Jackson's arm though. He's fine. Yeah, he. <laughs> the fact that Phil Jackson, down his arm. the fact that the rumor is that Phil Jackson was able to support Phil, uh, Joakim Noah hanging from his arm is incredible. Oh, it's the best. I love the Knicks. <laughs> can we talk about James Dolan real quick? Yes, we let's. can. Thank yeah, you. he leaves us the fuck alone. Yeah, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> what are you guys doing? Like, you guys didn't get a fucking song written about you for Deadspin. Like, no. We get left alone. I think he was like, you know what? This team makes me money. They're the most valuable team in the NHL. I'm going to put some guys that I think know what they're doing in, in charge. They get some sort of results. And then he leaves us lo- alone. But you yeah, guys, with you guys. Do you guys remember the last time Dolan tried to interfere with the Rangers? No, I honestly don't. I don't. think part of it is, uh, I think Glenn Sather, every time Dolan tries to get involved, is be like, listen here, motherfucker. <laughs> I got Gretzky, so you can't say shit to me. And I think Dolan shuts up every that, time Sather says that. That's perfectly you, fair. You guys are just so lucky. I just don't I, I just don't understand. Like the Rangers have been so good for so long. They're always they're always in contention to some degree. They're always making the playoffs. They always just kind of have it together. There's no there's no like dysfunction at, and if Two there, words. there is it's not to this degree. Two words. Henrik Lundqvist. That's it. Oh, wow, very <laughs> fair. So, yeah, all right. Uh, here, here's a good question, a good comparison. 
Um, looking at these two teams as a sample, you have the Rangers who have done like the slow build and have made the playoffs pretty consistently and have developed players really, really, really well over the course of doing that. Should that be what the Knicks are trying to do? Like that, like relating this back to Porzingis trying to like, and making the playoffs this year for his development. Is that the way to go or is it tank? Um, uh, Ryan, you can go first. Cause I think I need to think, think on it. I don't need to think. You should be losing every game possible. And that's, the, that's how you win in the NBA. There's a reason the Sixers have the process, and it's sort of worked. That team's going to be fucking good for the next six, seven years, and you're going to have to deal with them. You have your one piece. You have your star, Kripstaz Porzingis. At this point, you need one more player for it to be real. This way, you saw what Boston did on the fly. All they did was uh, tank for, like, well, they, they traded for the Nets. I mean, they did the best thing ever. They got the two picks, Ugh. so they, quote-unquote, tagged. And then they got their guys. Then they drafted NBA-ready stars. And now they're, they're ready to go because they were able to tra- uh, get free agents. People were like, you can't get free agents to Boston. They got Kyrie Irving because they, they had these picks. You have Porzingis. You need one more player. Then you can lure your free agents. People want to see that you have your shit together. That's why they're coming to New York. I mean, Kevin Durant, even on the Bill Simmons podcast, was like, there's a reason people don't go to New York. Because yeah. they're not – they look at the system and say, what is there for me? You need one more player. And once you have that, you can be like, I have a reason to go. That's it. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's different developing through the draft in the NHL than it is the NBA. Um, even in a deep NHL draft, it's usually – it's not every year you're going to get Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. Like you look at a draft like last year where there are really good players in that first round, but in five years the Rangers are going to look back and say Philip Heedle is probably a top 10 pick of that draft and they got him 21st overall. Where in the NBA, if you're not in the lottery, sometimes it's almost not even worth drafting in the first round. Like, it, it is hard to find legitimate talent outside the lottery. You have to be a really good scouting front office in order to find your, I, I, maybe not Kawhi Leonard, because I just think teams didn't evaluate him properly, but right. Giannis, um, your Draymond Greens, it's rare for someone of that caliber to fall outside the top 13 picks. So if, if, if you want to build through the draft in the NBA, you have to be bad. And there's more inherent value being really bad than there is being really mediocre. Where in the NHL, if you're kind of hanging around a playoff spot and you just miss and you're somehow picking 14th or 15th the next year in the NHL draft, I don't think it's that big of a difference than if you were picking 5th or 6th. If if you're not going to have a top three pick in the NHL, you might as well be picking in the teens. Because then you're just going to get an 18-year-old guy you can stash in Europe for a couple of years. And hopefully he develops into something. So I, I just think the developmental structures of both leagues, it benefits the Knicks to just be really bad. Where the Rangers, it's almost beneficial for them just to try and make the playoffs every year because the difference in talent of draft pick is just not as volatile. My, my only retort to that, which I didn't even have until this year, was um, the guy that does uh, all the videos for us, uh, Jeff Ballone, who does uh, Knicks Film School, he put an article out this summer, and I he actually ran the numbers for uh, NBA draft picks or lottery picks. I think it was that end up becoming, um, you know, all stars or you know, like what caliber player they end up becoming. And I, I forgot what the number was, but from each draft pick, I think it's it's like a less than ten percent chance who you draft in the lottery is going to become even an all star. So his whole basis was, well, yes, you should want to give yourself the opportunity to. Um, if the situation is correct, but also you have to take it with a grain of salt because a lot of times you you tank and you just keep swinging and and missing. 
So I, the last couple of years, have only wanted to tank. And this year, I came into this year wanting to tank. And while that would still be nice if we can end up somehow in the top 10, uh, that would be, I, that's, I think, likely where this ends up going. I think the Knicks kind of just slowly tail off. But um, there is something to be said, too, about, you know, getting Chris Stapps in, in his third year some sort of playoff experience. I am not really sold either way entirely, but I this is like the first year in a while where I can, like, kind of see both sides. Because the last two years, I'd be like, that's fucking stupid. They're not going to be good enough. Just let them tank. Get Chris Stapps some help for the next couple of years. And this is the only year where I'm just like, well, you're sort of locked into Tim Hardaway for the next five years. You're going to be locked into KP because no matter what they're saying, he's going to sign that disgustingly large contract with the Knicks. Huge. You know, he's he, he, yeah, he's going to be here for a long time. So Frank's going to be here a while now. You know, he he looks like he's going to be at, at the very worst a passable NBA starter. That's my hope anyway. I don't. It doesn't look like he's going to suck. Is my point. So it's like if you have some sort of a of a, of a structure for what you're going to have for the team going forward. It's like, yeah, I mean, you might as well just, if you make the playoffs, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, and bitch and complain like I would have last year watching Derrick Rose drive into the lane for 25 layups and never pass Chris Epps the ball and get swept in the first round. I think it's a little bit different now where it's like, well, Chris Epps is going to be the guy, whether it's a one, you know, a one seed versus eight seed matchup against like the Cavs or the Celtics and they'll probably lose. They'll probably get swept, but does that help? Does that give them some experience? Does that help them the next year? So I'm still trying to weigh how I feel about it, but I, I think this is the first year in a while where I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't mind making the playoffs. I wouldn't mind seeing KP get his first, you know, licks in, basically. Does it make you happy everything that's happening in Oklahoma City? No. No. You know, I, to, to be honest, I really, I know the, the popular thing is like mellow, is, is gone and they're playing better without him. And while I'm happy that's happening in New York, I feel like Mello got a really bad rap just because the front office dysfunction failed to put the right team around him after that 2012 year. Like they had sort of built, they're already a playoff team when he first arrived. And then uh, the following year was the lockout year. And I think they went 36 and 30 in a shortened season and um, the following year, they obviously won, I think it was 54 games. They were the two seed in the East. And it was like they were sort of working up to something with him. And they just kept tweaking and it was working. And then the following year, I think they won 37 games. And they just, I think that was the Andrea Bargani year. Yeah. And it was just terrible. And it was just like that. They had sort of the right team. All they had to do was mostly keep those types of players around him. Like, he needed that like Jason Kidd kind of player because before that he had Chauncey Billups. He, you know, it was the same, not that those guys are exactly the same, but like that same kind of guy, that same kind of point guard who was only willing to get Melo the ball where he was going to score, where he was going to be good with it. And then the next couple of years, they just totally went away from that. And then like, you know, were, Raymond felt they were a couple of years early and management didn't know enough to recognize it. They had, you know, yeah. Melo needed to play with more players who would stretch to the outside. He needed to get inside a little bit more. You know, he, the two point guard sets didn't really become more popular for a year or two after that. You know, it was, it was a little bit before its time, and we didn't have the right people in charge to manage it. Yeah, and and basically, then he got the shit end of the stick, and they became a, you know, after the thirty seven one year, they basically started blowing things up little by little. Now he's actually in his prime, wasting away. Then he starts getting injured. It was his shoulder, I think. You know, uh. He, he had a knee or it was uh, some sort of leg injury that kind of lingered on. 
And it's like now you're having that, and he's playing through that while also having a lottery team. Or it was just bad, and it was bad. And then, and then he missed. And it becomes, yeah. yeah. And then it, then it's then the narrative becomes, well, you know, Melo isn't winning in New York. This is what a Melo led team does. It's like, well, yeah, when you're gonna roll out Clay Anthony fucking early next to him, mm-hmm. this is what happens. So, I just so I actually really was hoping he did well in Oklahoma City. I really was. I know they got off to a. A troubling start, but I apparently they're a top defensive team with Melo. So take that for what it's worth. I know they play him at the four a lot, which is all we ever wanted and never happened after the 2012 year. But I really hope that he I hope they turn it around. I'm I'm rooting for him. He's been through a fucking lot here the last couple of years. I hope he does well over there. Did you see that ridiculous stat line from that game last night though? In the Thunder game? The Thunder played an OT game and they only had two players on their entire roster record an assist. Jesus Christ. And one, of them, was Raymond, one of them was Raymond Felton. It's crazy that, that Cheeseburger Felton's balling out over there. I, it, it's, uh, it's ever, it, he seems cyclical, cyclical at this point. He just has like a really awesome year every like six years. Money I talk, legitimately baby. didn't know he was in the NBA still. I had no idea. It's, in, it's insane. Um, all right. So while we're at it, because we kind of we touched on it here. I want to talk about, and you guys touched on it earlier when we were talking about Dolan, but the Knicks staff and the management versus the Rangers staff. Let's start with head coach. Let's start with the head coaches. Because I know we have some points of contention here. Do you guys like Jeff Hornacek? Yeah, AV versus Jeff Hornacek. Let's talk about it. Not particularly. particularly. I mean, I think you guys and everyone out there, not that they listen to our podcast, we're. I used to be a big AV guy. Now we're. We couldn't be more anti-AV. The, the decisions he make are are mindless. They're stupid. There's nothing good. He's a dumb dumb. When would you say? <laughs> when would you say you turned on him? Uh, uh, two years t- ago for me. It took me about a year of talking to Greg every day to turn on AV. When okay. we got blown out by the Penguins in the first round of the playoffs in 2015, I I had enough. I that, was good. That was brutal, dude. That was absolutely just, brutal. The Rangers, for, for non-Ranger fans, the Rangers had this defender by the name of Keith Yandel who was viewed as an elite offensive defenseman that should be leading every team's first power play unit and be putting in situations to help the offense create scoring opportunities. And that's just not how Elaine Vigneault used him. Elaine Vigneault stuck him on the second power play unit. He put him in defensive zone starting positions. He treated him as if he was the second coming of... Uh, I'm trying to think of a generic, def- like Zidane Chara, basically. And that's just not the player that Keith Yandel was. And once I was watching that and AV not being able to properly use his forwards, I, the writing was on the wall. This is just a guy that doesn't know how to manage a hockey game. And all we've seen since basically Ryan and I have started podcasting is just confirmation of my thought that Elaine Vigneault is not the head coach the Rangers need if they want to be successful long term. Just He doesn't... He doesn't get it. Like the, the simple term of it is he doesn't get it. It's, it's the stuff like playing Henrik Lundqvist 25 times in your team's first 30 games or playing a defender who shouldn't even be in the NHL lineup, but playing him on the top pairing defend because he shoot right, he's a right-handed shot and Ryan McDonough makes everyone look good. It, it's, it's nonsensical, the decisions Elaine Vigneault makes on a daily basis. So it blows I, my mind that he has a job. I think one of the big differences is that when Elaine Vigneault came to New York, I seem to remember there was a, a pretty good amount of buzz around it. 
I know a lot of Rangers fans were really stoked and thought that he might be the right kind of coach. And granted, he, we did go to the Stanley Cup final with him. Um, I don't think there's that same buzz around Jeff Hornacek in uh, sure isn't. the New York Knicks. Like, I think we all agree that he's not going to be the right coach when push comes to shove and that we're much, much further away and a very different looking team than the Rangers would be comparably. But I, I don't know. I guess at, at what point, at what point do you guys finally move on from AV? And at what point do we finally move on from Hornacek? Oh, we're never moving on from AV. We're yeah, I don't think we are. We're going to extend them. It's, it's happening. Uh, we've already did that. We're going to do it maybe one more time. I think you guys should move on from Hornacek even as soon as next year. I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure he's the coach for you guys. I, I don't he's really not. have much uh, to clarify that, but I, I do follow the NBA, and it seems like you know he was forced into a triangle situation. He was never able to run his offense. It's been sort of a, a, a fluke, I would say. Yeah, and just, just to give basketball fans an idea of who Elaine Vigneault to me is, the guy I continue to compare him to is George Carl. He's a great regular season coach who compiles a lot of wins and makes you think he's really good, but he'll never amount anything in the playoffs. He's just not going to be that good because his flaws, his flaws come out in series when, you're, when your opponent can expose your weaknesses. So uh, if like an NBA comparison to Elaine Vigneault to me is George Carl, and it's almost a one-to-one comparison. Yeah, the, the Hornacek situation here, I just... I think he's fine for what we need him for right now, which is a middling, not great team. Like, this this team isn't going anywhere anyway. And his only real strength is point guards. That's it. That's all he had in Phoenix was when he had Eric Bledsoe and Goran Dragic. They had that two-man point guard set that was very, very successful for a couple of years. That's basically all his NBA set, uh, success as a whole. And then his whole shtick is basically those point guards and being able to get the ball up the floor with those point guards, which is why I think Jared Jack is having a somewhat decent year is because of Hornacek and the system and and the tempo that he wants to play with. That being said, that's not even close to being enough to keep this guy around. I think he's like just a regular, not particularly great coach. I think having him around, you know, maybe helps Frank a little bit more right now. I'm not sure KP really needs tons of uh, development help as much as he needs like small tweaks going forward. So I think Hornacek's probably fine if, you know, if, if for nothing else than just for Frank. And he, I mean, I, I don't want him to be around long term. I agree with the sentiment that as soon as next year, I, I don't think he needs to be here long term. But I think right now for this season, it's it's OK. I don't hate it. Doesn't this feel like for the Knicks, the time for them to identify who they want coaching their team for the next five years? Because you have Frank and you have KP. Don't you want the coach that's going to be there for these guys' primes? I do. I do, but I'm not sure who they'd even hire right now. Like, I'm not sure if there's anyone available that... What about Fizdale? I like Fizdale, but I'm also not sold on him with this particular team. I think there's better fits for him. Thank God for Dyla. Yeah. All right. I, I think Fizdale's a great coach that was let go inappropriately. I, I agree. I agree 100 yeah. percent with that. I think but, it also goes as far as building out the um, their coaching bench a little bit more, too. Like, do we have any idea who is an assistant coach in New York besides Kurt fucking Rambis at this point? It's like so, Kurt Rambis and that guy with the beard. Like, hey, that guy with the beard's really good. OK, I, <laughs> I think I think Lindy Ruff is also a coach for the Knicks. He might be. <laughs> Lady Ruff is assistant coach for is he, people that are on hockey. Is he people. doing? Is he doing anything with the Rangers right now? Or uh, 
supposedly. I, I think he's not helping our defense is what well, I understand. Well, we, here, here's, we pay him. Here is my question. Because you guys have, you have like Benoit Allaire. You have a couple of really, you have some guys who have been around the, this Rangers team for the last couple of years on the bench who are, you know, been, have had significant roles in developing what the Rangers have turned into. The Knicks have like nobody like that. Like there's there's no shooting coach that I see that's around Porzingis. Are, are we, hold on, hold on. Are, are we are we glossing over Howard fucking Isley being an assistant coach? Howard Isley is an assistant coach. Yeah, sure is. I guess we're glossing over that because I had no idea of that. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like Howard Isley. I always liked him. Him and uh, Howard Isley was the basketball version of Damian Easley, and I love Damian Easley. So where's he help? What's he doing for us? And what else do we need? Who else should we be bringing into our bench to, you know, be assisting what we like if we're considering what we have now to be the beginning of a core, then what do we, what do we put around it to make that grow? That's a good question, man. What's Shandon Anderson doing these days? Mm. What about Mike Sweetney? Where's he? <laughs> yeah. Let's bring back all the early two thousands Knicks and just make them coaches. No, I, I, I don't Marbury's know. I don't really know. After China. Oh, shit. God, yeah. We got to get Marbury in the pod. We do. Mache um, Lampe's probably around. You could get him. <laughs> <laughs> How what dare you? Cut. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you don't, don't want to light the lamp? I, I missed that guy. That guy no, was I do not. I do, I, that's the last thing that I would want to do right now. Or ever. Uh, I think you're being hard on him. That's just my take. <laughs> okay. That is a take. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know, man. I really... I, I can't see beyond this year, to be honest. I don't, I don't know. All, all I know is they're basically building around Hardaway and KP, and I'm not really sold. I'm not really sure on who the coach should be long-term to get those guys where they need to be. I really, You guys just – you don't think Hornacek. You're sold it's not Hornacek. It's almost like the marked – and not at all am I making a, a, an actual Golden State reference comparison to the Knicks, to this Knicks team. All I'm trying to say is in the same extent that like – a coach can have a limit on what he can provide to a team. I think like Hornacek's limit is not at all similar to Mark Jackson's, but like Mark Jackson had a limit with the gold state warriors. And then he was let go. They did. They improved a little bit with him. And then he was let go. Um, I think Hornacek, whatever his, his ceiling is with this team, which was probably that 10 and, and seven start. I think unleashing KP a little bit, maybe helping Frankie, like that's the ceiling. Like there's not a lot else he's going to bring to the table. Sure, I might be wrong. I don't know. But I don't think there's much else to really be had with Hornacek. I think he has kind of provided what he's going to provide. Aren't you then a little worried if this team actually does make the playoffs? Because if they make the playoffs, people are going to start doing the, well, Hornacek got them there a year early. Hornacek is having this impact on the Knicks. I feel like if the Knicks make the playoffs, Hornacek is getting an extension. I don't think he's going to get Nick. What did they sign him for? It was, I think it was three years. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was three years. I believe that. I don't know. That, I don't know if they give him an extension so much as they'd let him play that, you know, all of next year out to, to see where things go first. I don't think they're going to extend him early because I would lose my fucking mind if they extended him early. Because we know how this goes. They're going to extend him early. He's going to have a letdown year the following year. They're going to fire him before the contract extension begins. And then we pay him for five more years. Yeah, I, I think that. Everything that Kyle is saying of coaches having limits and Hornacek is like right about there is correct. I don't I just I don't think that Hornacek really has the buy in like from any Knicks fans right now. It's just because like we we're so fucking cautious with like how things have been run, like with Phil Jackson, with Derek Fisher, with fucking Kurt Rambis. Like 
Eric Fisher. It, yeah, right. It takes so much to fucking earn the uh, Knicks fans' trust right now as a head coach. So he's even, just a even reg- if he made the regular head coach, yeah, like, the regular even, okay head coach. Even if he coach. made the playoffs this year, I, I, and you know, barring like a conference final finish, then I don't think that um, I don't think he's really going to have that kind of that kind of spect. There's no way that you guys get a conference final finish. I, that's what I'm saying. There's not a fucking <laughs> chance Hornacek has like job security here. There ain't no way. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Anyway. Let's uh let's kind of step away from the teams for a sec. I need to breathe. Um, you want you want to talk Stan? I, yeah yeah. Well, oh, I, I do. But I before totally we get to we that, before we get to that, I want to I want to ask you guys one one quick one quick note here. A lot of guests that we have come on from here, and a lot of where I think the Knicks wall tends to exist is within the world of basketball Twitter. I think that's mm-hmm. fair to say. Oh no! Is Are you going to ask us similar, how Rangers Twitter is? Is there something similar with hockey? Is there like how do you guys manage it? What's who who should I be following? Do you guys want to plug some friends? Yeah, definitely follow Tilted Ice. No, do not, <laughs> do not. Everybody, fucking shots, that name dude, from your on. memory. Oh, uh, so bad. So funny. There's, I'm just bleeping that whole thing out. There's a couple <laughs> people to follow, um, but it's really like it's really a weird place, Rangers Twitter. I mean, I've recently gotten to the Twitter game. I know I'm mad late. I'm aware of this. Incredibly. Incredibly. Uh, incredibly. Yeah, I, I'm so late. I was a big Reddit guy for the last six years, and I was like, I don't really need Twitter. But then all of a sudden, I had a podcast. I was like, all right, I'm going to get to start doing this. There's a couple good follows. Like, I would follow Drew, who writes for our website. He's an incredibly good analytics find. He's the nicest person ever. Um, other than that, Greg, like, is there anyone else good from that's not Bush, Bush or Breakaway? Like, everyone else is pretty much a stickler, right? Right. It's... <laughs> Hockey Twitter is this really weird thing where you're either all the way in and you're willing to embrace advanced analytics and have this very nuanced understanding of hockey, or you're following Neanderthals who think like fighting good, clubbed good, hit good, like very simpleton takes (laughs) on Rangers. Like there's no middle ground. Like I feel like with basketball, you can find a middle ground where on one hand you have a guy talking about PER, but at the same time, just talking about the mechanics of the pick and roll, and you can kind of understand it a little better. Um, first of all, I would say follow us because we're the fucking best. Yeah, we're the best. Uh, I agree. I don't think you need to follow anyone else besides us because whoever we we retweet, just follow them too. This is That's true. how it works. That's, That's how, how I've you gotten a lot. People. That's how I've kind of delved in a little bit. So, um, but yeah, yeah Ranger Ranger Twitter. I, I'm sure Nick's Twitter is kind of the same thing. It can be a cesspool at times. Uh, there are some re- really bad people with really bad takes. And for some reason, people follow them and give them attention. And really, what Ryan and I are trying to do is uh, fight back against that. We're, we're the Rangers resistance. We, we want dumb people to know they're dumb. And I, I feel like in this day and age, so nice. there aren't enough people out there willing to call you dumb when you're being dumb. And sometimes that's really all you need. And, and by the way, to follow up with that, we're dumb as hell. Like oh, we are stupid <laughs> as shit, but we so, know we are. And that's the difference. And that's, that's where it works for us. We, we know that we have some bad takes. We make, there's definitely some things we say that is wrong. Uh, but everyone else out there is just as stupid as us. That's our point. So everyone dumb dumps. That's it. That's how we feel too. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's we're, we're supposed to be, disclaimer. we're supposed to be, yeah, we're supposed to be the pod, uh, the, the basketball, the Knicks basketball experts. And, uh, we are not. We're not. We just, it's a, I'm an not illusion. even close sometimes. An illusion. I, yeah, all we, I do is, all I do is I pompously tweet a couple of laugh my asses off at, uh, 
people saying anything about Nikola Jokic in Denver. Um, I put periods at the end of my sentences, so I sound stern and proper when I tweet. I think that helps. (laughs) Yep, we got we got called spreadsheet samurais this weekend. I I don't know anything about analytics. Yeah, we uh, we we talk about like there are obvious situations where the Rangers give up high quality chances, and there are very fancy fancy stats that we could be using to describe that, but instead we just say that was a high quality chance, and we don't even track them. We just like point them out when they happen. And for some reason, someone said we're stat nerds who are looking too much into the game to really pay attention to what's going on. To which I say, we don't. No nerds (laughs) on this podcast. We're we're nerds. We're just not nerds about the inner working. (laughs) We're trying to become nerds of the inner workings of hockey. But uh, no, we we nerd out on baseball on our podcast. That's where we get super analytical. And I think people listen to us and be analytical about baseball and assume we're the same way with hockey when we're just not, we're not smart enough to be. Speaking of baseball, did you guys happen to notice a certain NL MVP got traded to the Los Jenkies? No, I never. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, It was weird. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy, Uh, Giancarlo Stanton. I think, think, uh, Mr. Mike? Oh, oh yes, yes. Uh, the artist formerly known as Mike Stanton, a very American-sounding name. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, you know, listen, the Yankees are my favorite team. I think I've made that clear for years. For years. Uh, uh-huh. and, uh, <laughs> and, and, oh, no, and Deshaun Kaiser, what have you done? Oh, he's beaten the, the Green Bay Packers. Is that correct? No, 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 no. They're in overtime, and he just threw a pick at, like, the 30-yard line. Oh, never mind. I should have expected that. Um Listen, the Yankees, I've been following the team for since I was a kid. I've always been a fan. And it's just nice to have a... Two guys that are going to hit 50 home runs back to back next to each other on this team. Ryan, did we lose, did we lose him? Going to be a powerhouse uh, for your. Just mm. one more pitcher, and we're just is back this a, is to the this dynasty. Happening to me or two teammates that are going to beat home runs. Happy me. Thank you the year and the reigning. NL MVP, like, if your two best players don't hit a combined 120-plus home runs, then I don't really need to associate myself with Really? You, you know? Why, why even yet, baseball? And yet, the Yankees don't even have the best outfielder in New York because that's clearly Michael Conforto who plays over in Queens. Yeah, of course, clearly. More, more, more like Michael Conforto, no, he's not. Wow, blowing him up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Darn. I'm just letting Darn, you guys know sick. I lost about the first 45 seconds of that conversation because of Skype, but your enthusiasm oh, is appreciated. Oh, you're I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, you should probably stop using Skype because it's a garbage fucking program. Fuck you, buddy. We were on Hangouts for so long, and it was just terrible. Like it was awful. It was awful. We, well, well, I don't know that it was awful. I well, just uh, spoke into the microphone and said it was awful, so I just took his word. I'm uh, I'm excited for you guys to come back on that Hangout Life Life tomorrow night. So yeah, see you there, uh, buddy. That's more than fine. Yeah, no, we'll, <laughs> like we'll be there for sure. Like, let us know what we need to do. We're prepared. We'll, uh, yeah. we just, I, think, I think we just log in and speak into the mic. Are we, are we, are we recording our own audio? Uh, no, I, I record mine. That's it. You don't do anything. Okay. Okay. You got the hangout yeah. recorder. I went the uh, Skype route. <laughs> nope. Yep. I use something else, and then uh, I, I do all the editing myself, my friend. You don't have to do anything. Uh-huh. But, but back to Stanton. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. That, that, that's like – it's a great it's a great deal. It's basically a free agent signing for the Yankees. They gave up nothing. Not, not a there's, single there's thing. There's nothing bad. There are Yankee fans that don't like this. I don't understand that. Why do those people exist? They just shouldn't no. be allowed to like 
leave their house ever. Because fun sucks, Greg. Don't you know? <laughs> Apparently. Well, what I saw was what I saw was, and this is the one that bothers me. For example, like I would really enjoy Manny Machado on my team. Really? This, no, tell me more. I know that's a very very <laughs> shocking thing, right? And and the people are like, well, this may not will not certainly will this may negatively impact us. Like what if we now can't get him or what if it now makes it slightly more difficult to get him okay. to which I said, we just traded John for Giancarlo Stanton who hit 59 home runs last year. And he's coming to a smaller stadium to hit these dingers. in. I think we'll be okay. Like we were one game away from the world series without Stanton. And I think it's not a stretch to say if you add Stanton to a team that was one game away from the world series, it then makes them a World Series. Wow, I thought you guys were basketball analysts, but I was wrong. You are serious, serious analysts. Very serious, very serious. Yeah, we. Uh, so yeah, yesterday, here's another plug for you, Ryan and myself and our friend Joe Banks did an emergency podcast last night, specifically about the Stanton trade. Um, we broke down that all this fear that the Yankees may not be able to get Machado is just fake news because yes. they can. The yes. Yankees are going to pay the exact same amount of money on the tax for Giancarlo Stanton as they did last year with Matt Holliday and Starlin Castro. And then you take into account that CeCe Sabathia is no longer making the money he used to. Chase Headley comes off the books next year. You're one year closer to Jacoby Ellsbury being off the books. There is plenty of money for Manny Machado bookmarked for the Yankees to also stay under the luxury tax. Now, of course, That'll change when the Yankees have to extend people like Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge. But if we're talking purely in the scope of do the Yankees have enough money next year to make a competitive offer for Manny Machado and stay under the luxury tax, the answer is very firmly yes. And also people were making a big – and the other thing too was, yeah, like you could just wait out um, Ellsbury coming off the books. But everything that I've been following, they're actively looking to get – I think Ellsbury or Gardner out at this point, like now. So I don't really see what the fuss is about because this wasn't just like what well, we got Stanton and that's it. Like they're getting Stanton and they're still looking to clear out. Like that, all, all you need to know when they said they're still looking to clear out, all that needs to, all you need to know from that is, well, now they're just lining up for the next domino. So I don't yeah. really see what what the the hubbub is about, like what the issue is in particular. Like people are panicking for no reason, it seems, because. Uh, like it was so eloquent, uh, eloquently said five minutes ago, uh, people, fun sucks. Fun sucks. So I'm going to yeah, have a great it, year as a Yankee fan. It was a fun, it, I'll it be was insufferable. It was a fun year last year, but all rise round two, whoo, baby. Last year, it's also worth noting that Gardner comes off the No, no, I was always a Yankee fan. <laughs> <laughs> Your, Ryan's, Ryan's the worst is really all it needs to come down to. No, no worries. <laughs> The biggest, biggest Fairweather fan there is. He's a Ranger fan in hockey who've been good forever. He's a Yankee fan in baseball who've been good forever. He's somehow a San Antonio Spurs fan. You guys haven't even grilled him that he's a San Antonio Spurs fan. You I, brought him on a Knicks I, podcast. We can't. I'm, and I'm, he we can't. Spurs I'm, fandom. I'm a Fairweather Knicks fan, for sure. I Listen, I like the way the Spurs do things. It's just the way I am. You're the worst. You're the worst. We I'm your do. podcast ho- co-host, and you're the worst. That's fine. All right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to roll. You can't Stand. see it, but... I- you can't see it, but I have two thumbs down right now. <laughs> oh, my God. I fucking hate year. that meme. I hate that. <laughs> that is my least favorite meme in the world. Bro, my like, Torrey jersey's already in the mail. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I hate I hate everything. 
I'm going to have a great time complaining about the Mets 83 and 79 season next year. That's all I'm going to say. I like it. I like your attitude. We can't even sign Brian Shaw. Like the Yankees take from John Carlos Stanton, and we can't even sign Brian Shaw. I like how you were holding it in. You almost had, you almost had it. Uh, you almost had it wrapped down. And the right no. at the end, it's it it oozes out of me. I the entire day on Twitter yesterday were people just giving themselves OTPHJs about John Carlos Stanton being a Yankee, and I'm sitting there looking at the Mets, and reports are like, we don't even think we can get Ian Kinsler. It's like, what are we doing? What is going here? What is happening? <laughs> Oh, well, enjoy this year when I'm just tooting on the Yankees. It's going to be a great time. No, it's fine. You're a fucking asshole, so it's, it's whatever. <laughs> I'm just – listen, I'm just living my best life. I think you should do it too. I know. <laughs> You're the worst. I'm just excited for the next time we go to a Ranger game and you get to break up yet another relationship. Oh, it's going to be a great time. I just love breaking up relationships. It's your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> it's top five, for real. Uh, that's something we'll save for tomorrow. Anyway, fair. guys. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, anything else? Is there anything else we had to talk about today? No, I, I no, think I'm uh, about it. That's about all I got. Uh, we can save the rest for tomorrow. Um, sounds like a plan. So let's let, let's get these plugs out of the way. First wow. things first. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Is there I'd like to thank my, I'd like to thank my mom for letting me come on this podcast and supporting me my whole life. Sweet and then, uh, sweetly, she's the best. And then also, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. We have a wonderful website called BlueShirtsBreakaway.com. Wow, convenient for you. Wow. And uh, and Greg runs a great the great Twitter account as I mentioned. Anything else, Greg? That's our most two important things, right? Uh, you can also become one of our lovely Patreon subscribers. Wow. Give us, give us some uh, give us some of that dough, and we'll give you some special perks that we only offer our followers. Throw a hot dollar at my face. Yep. We we got stickers. We got T-shirts. We got bonus podcasts that we release months early only for our Patreon subscribers. Oh, wow. Um, what else just, do we have? We have incredible. other things. Uh, we have our Discord channel that never shuts up and never, it's fantastic. Never shuts up. <laughs> it's the 24-7 people talking about anything. So uh, it, it's a wild time. So thanks for, every, for having us on, guys. Appreciate it. Of course. No problem. Yes. First and foremost, go and listen to Blue Shirts Breakaway because it's, it's incredible. Every and if you're you, not, you guys if record you're Monday nights every Tuesday night, every Tuesday morning when I get to my desk. It's the first thing that goes on. And if you're worried about it, well, we're not hockey fans, that's fine. We probably only talk like 20% about hockey. It's a lot of just whatever the hell is going on in our lives. Our format is usually the first 20 to 30 minutes is Rangers. And after that, like who the fucking knows? Yeah, they're much more structured than we are. It's a great lesson. Uh, yeah, we try. We we were not structured for a long time. I don't know what podcast number is this for you guys. Uh, it was like forty five ish. We're season oh, you guys are pretty, two. Pretty deep. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. I mean, like we kind of thrive on chaos, so it is. It is. It the is. Knicks, it is. The next way. It's the next way, man. You guys got that nice think, structured organization over there. Yeah, I think during our forty fifth podcast, I think that I was still saying the Rangers should trade Chris Kreider. So you guys are doing fine. Yeah, you're doing okay. okay. Um. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Um, <laughs> also, next plug, uh, TKW Fan Meetup. Uh, what do you guys wow, do in December cats. December 30th? Copycats. I'm probably uh, – great question. I'm going to be Philly, I think. What day, of the week, what day of the week is that? Saturday. Saturday? No good, no good for Greg. No good for me. I, I'm a loser, and I work weekends. It's terrible. It's a bummer. Well, unfortunately, you guys won't be able to meet the Blue Shirts Breakaway guys there, but you may – uh, want to hop on Eventbrite because I believe we still have some tickets left for the TKW fan meetup uh, December 30th at Smithfield Hall tickets are free uh, yeah but limited 
but limited. But limited. Free, but limited. We only have a. F- we really, honestly, only have a few left. So just go get them while you can. The next like two days, we're not gonna have any more tickets. So do that. Yeah, but we'll still plug it because we're stoked about it. Um, so come come watch the game with us. Who are we playing? Uh, was it Pelicans? Watching yes. Knicks on the road playing Pelicans. Uh, have a couple drinks with us. It'll be a blast. We I have a question. We are I, I, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. What do you guys? What do you guys do on February fifteenth? Uh, uh, I Yeah, that's that's far enough out for me to probably not be doing anything. Probably coming to the the Blue Shirts Breakaway meetup game at a bar in New York City. Ooh. Wow! Look at that. We can even we can even break news on your podcast and tell you what bar it's going to be at. Oh please, let's go. Let's go. This is great because I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be at Beer Authority in Midtown, and uh, it's the day after Valentine's Day, so you don't have an excuse not to go. It's a Thursday night. I've already looked at the schedule. The Knicks are off, so you gentlemen are free. Hello. Even though I think one of you lives in Chicago, I do, which is going to make that difficult. I, I, I uh, I've flown in for stupider reasons. <laughs> that sounds well. You, we uh, we're not. We don't have tickets. It's come one, come all. Um, the bar can is, uh, it can fit more than fifty people. So we would like to bring more than fifty people. That is our goal. Let's do it. Okay, we we can make that happen for sure. Everyone, uh, your authority, Midtown, and it's a rivalry night. It's Rangers Islanders. Perfect. Everyone, keep that in mind because when you're, you know, after one or two episodes of Blue Shirts Breakaway, when you inevitably become a fan, uh, you're gonna want to meet these guys, and you have your chance. February fifteenth. What's the uh, what's the place name again? Beer Authority. Beer Beer Authority in Midtown. Beer Authority in Midtown. Um, I we'll see. That sounds interesting. It's a rivalry game that might be enough to get me out there. Um, don't, you know, don't fly to Chicago from us. That's crazy. But you know, if you're in the, if you're in New York City, you know, come hang out. Um, for sure. All right. And other than that, just uh, keep an eye out on the nextwall.com. Like I say every week, previews and recaps before every game. Uh, what's our when's our next game, Kyle? Tonight. Tonight we're playing again. Yeah. Holy shit. We're playing the Hawks tonight. Oh my god. Okay. Experts or experts. <laughs> you guys sound a lot like us. <laughs> I thought I, I was. I've, I've had that exact seven thirty. Seven thirty. We play. All right. Uh, We're in New York this time. Do we? Do we have a writer for the preview yet? It's already up. I forgot who wrote it, but it's already up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, this is uh, striking. Can I just say I love, I love you guys so much. <laughs> you guys are you guys are literally the Knicks versions of us, and it makes me so happy. Incredible. <laughs> Michael Corvo. Uh, who some almost is related to me, had the re- I had the preview today. Uh, so check that out at thenixwall.com, and I guess we'll see you tonight. Um, this guys. probably will be out tonight, but yeah, whatever. Um, talk to you guys later. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Actually, listen to whatever, us on the Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast tomorrow. I can't forget to plug wow. that. Wow! Thank you for the hour and twenty minute guest spot. Yeah, for no sure. Dude. Yeah, I, we won't be out for an hour and twenty minutes of their pot tomorrow. But I, I, I absolutely guarantee that will not be the case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk right, to you guys later. Appreciate it, guys. Talk to you later. See you.